Welcome to Near Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. We're going to share the experience today of Rachel from Near Death Experience Research Foundation website, which is enderf.org, N-D-E-R-F.org. I was working the 3 to 11 shift at the hospital, passing prescription to patients on the ward, my usual duties as a charge nurse. I was in excruciating pain abdominally. I knew something was dreadfully wrong with my body, for the pain had come and gone over a period of six months off and on. This evening, it was almost unbearable. Nurses say they are the worst patients, and I, like everyone else, had obligations to fulfill in my life and kept putting things off. In addition, I was self-doctoring myself off and on with over-the-counter drugs. I had been diagnosed a few years back with colitis. This, I could sense, was different. I had scheduled a doctor's appointment for that week, which I could not keep since I ended up in the ER room of the hospital the next morning, bent over in pain. I could not go any further. They attempted tests at first that did not reveal what they had hoped for, hence exploratory emergency surgery was required stat. Upon my prep and arrival to the operating room, it flashed to me before I went under, Oh, God, I'm going to die. I am a nurse. I have worked in the operating room. The thought was alien to my training. Well, I never went out. I mean, my body succumbed to the anesthetic, but I was quite aware still, very disinterested in what they were doing down there on me, my body, and started ascending. I seemed to be, it seemed to be the most natural thing to ascend. I was in a tunnel, and it seemed things were soaring by me. Through telepathy, or somehow, I don't really know how, I knew that there were two male entities alongside me as I sped up this tunnel. They were angelic beings. I knew that they were escorting me up. At least it seemed up. I don't know. Then all of a sudden, I saw my paternal grandmother, just radiant and glowing with light, coming to me with elation on her face and her hand outstretched toward me. She was smiling. She was like a mist or a cloud. Her hand was trying to reach mine for an embrace. I could somehow sense that there were other people with her, like a welcome wagon party, Uh, or something, and I had extended my hand to grab hers. I somehow was surprised and saw Grandma uh, and said, Grandma, what are you doing here? She'd been dead for many years. Someone, one of the angel beings, said, No, Rachel. I knew telepathically somehow if I touched her hand, I could not go back. It's like I was stopped suddenly, like an invisible wall was put up. I said, why not? They stated, no, emphatically and very sternly, but with love. No, you must go back. I again asked, why? I wanted to go to that beautiful place, but I was suspended. Then I heard my little three-year-old granddaughter's voice saying, don't go by me, Mimo, Mimo, don't go. Don't go bye-bye, Mimo. Don't go. She was alive here in my daughter's house, which was confirmed to me later by my granddaughter, or by my daughter, um, without mention by me that Sammy was 
very psychic and had been playing in her bedroom with her toys at the time I was leaving and was talking out loud to herself what I had just described. When my daughter heard it, I swooshed back into my body and woke up in the IC unit with tubes in every orifice. It was related to me later that the surgeons came out and told my siblings all they could do was pray. Number one, I was graver than they had thought and was very weakened. The outlook was not good. They had removed a tumor the size of a grapefruit. It was cancerous, and they had removed a lot of my intestines, etc., and given me a uh, colostomy. They They gave me three months to live. I was told later by my family. Well, I'm tired of writing now, but I also left my body three to four times after that and was met by angelic beings who informed me I did not have cancer and allowed me to peer inside my own body at my cells. And there is more. I came home, obviously, and still was not totally grounded or totally in my body. Uh, It seemed I was very loose from this physical shell. I learned a lot and can still ascend in meditation. I love it. In 1992, my youngest son was killed in a car accident on his way home from college. I have seen him also in these latter years. If I can assist you, I'm willing. I know the empirical sciences attempt to attribute these accounts to neurotransmitters of the organic brain etc. I've often wondered about that being a science student. I've wondered about that being a science student, but I know they are wrong, for there, there is certainly a different dimension where we call heaven. I've been there. That's the end of Rachel's account. Very interesting. Very interesting. Here's another one. This is also on enderf.org, and this is by a guy named Greg. And his is only a couple of paragraphs long. Very short, but it has the elements that we're looking for. The first few times I died and went through the void curtain wall that divides mortals with heaven, I saw a light and an old friend. I was told was, was that I, it was not my time. It was as if, my, as if I was in a room with no lights, sounds, or feelings, and all of a sudden a white light and a shadow appeared that told me it was not my time. This happened several times, maybe five times. The last time it happened, I felt awake on the operating room table. I could hear the nurse and the doctor, the heart machine. I heard a female voice say they were losing him. I felt uh, as if I had been grabbed and pulled upwards toward the ceiling. I was floating. I tried to look back, but that is not allowed. The sounds of the OR slowly faded, as if someone was slowly turning down the volume control. Slowly. I felt scared, but had a strange feeling of comfort and being told to be calm. I went through a dark tunnel where the light slowly became brighter. Then a shadow appeared. An old friend told me that it was not my time to go, and then things went black or gone, etc. I somehow figured out that the shadow was a friend who died five years earlier. I'm glad to see that he made it to heaven. He deserved it. That's the end of the account. 
That is an example of what I would call a one, maybe a two, on the detail scale. <laughs> he had just about everything happen. He met an old friend, he saw a light, a tunnel, and that's all he says about it. Other than a little bit of feeling scared. We'll call that a 1.5 or something on the detail scale. But, I don't know, I guess that's, I guess that's an even, you know, that's a evidence if they're all detailed and stuff maybe they made it up and you know because they're a wordy person and wanted to sound all cool or whatever i don't know what but this person's just like man i saw a light and i saw my friend you know there was a tunnel you know light whatever and and it's like whoa whoa wait hang on a second tell me about this tunnel tell me about this light tell me about this friend you said they were shadow what is that you know did they look like a silhouette are we talking like a cloud or what you know i'd love to hear more details about it, but, you know, it all sheds evidence on what we're talking about here. Let's go to another. This is Sammy, also from enderf.org, um, and this is, um, Sammy had some uh, flu-like symptoms and went in for an EKG test, and uh, something went wrong, basically. Um, the uh, doctor asks if he's feeling okay, and then he starts zoning out, and he doesn't remember um, falling on the floor, uh, apparently. Okay, so we'll pick up from that point. After that, my memories are bits and pieces of images and feelings. I remember going through a tunnel or tubular passage with a loud rushing noise in the background. I do not remember entering or exiting the tube. The next thing I remember was being drawn toward a magnificent light of immeasurable brilliance. As I moved toward the light, my first wife, and his, his first wife had died earlier, um, previously to this experience, my first wife intercepted me. She was happy to see me, but concerned because it was not time for me to be there. I knew she was happy and contented in her present form. I don't remember her telling me any of that. I just knew it. It was as if we made a right turn. The next thing I remember is sitting a, in a warm green pasture, like setting with a brilliant blue sky. Oh, with a, a pasture-like setting with a brilliant blue sky. I can't clearly remember if there were grass, flowers, or other plants there. I spoke with someone there. We talked for hours about why we are all here and my plans for this life. At that time, I knew it all, the whole meaning of life and what it is all about. I cannot remember any of it except the last sentence. It is clear to me I'm not supposed to. To this day, I still dream of the conversation in great detail. When I wake up, I still can't remember it. I do not know who or even what I spoke with. I can tell you I felt unconditional love and limitless wisdom. As I said, the only thing I remember from that conversation is one sentence. I remember it as clear as if I just heard it. A deep male voice saying, Then it's decided. You're going back. At the end of that sentence, the medical personnel defibrillated me the second time. I was slammed back into my body and felt the shock with a vengeance. It was as if somebody set off a small bomb in my chest. 
my eyes popping open, and I saw the back of the head of the man who did it. I heard him say, conversion, which is the medical term for re-establishing a cardiac rhythm. That tells me it was the second shock. The doctor who administered the stress test said they, they shocked me twice. The first time I did not convert. My eyes closed again. The next time they opened, I was in cardiac care. Okay, that's the end of Sammy's experience. So those three experiences were both interesting and, uh, and characteristic. I would, I would put Sammy on a two scale, on the detail scale, that is. I, I'd put him uh, on detail of two. Part of that, I, you can't blame Sammy because he says, I forgot the details. I can't remember them. He, he's even dreamed them since then several times. But when he wakes up, they're gone again. Makes you wonder if the spirit has a separate memory than the brain. That would kind of explain some things. For example, the fact that the spirit brain can remember every detail. The physical brain simply can't. The physical brain can't remember anything of before we were born. But uh, the spirit brain, um, when we go back, it often does. And I don't know if, that, if there's something that's got to jog it or if it's just where the attention goes. If, if the spirit doesn't try to remember pre-birth life, then maybe it won't. I mean, just like you don't think of your trip to Disneyland unless I ask you about it. You're like, yeah, I've been to Disney, you know. It's, and, and if you've, if you were kind of, you know, had, woke up in the morning and like, okay, where am I again? You know, how you do that? Okay, I'm in bed, whatever, you know. Or, or on a chair, you wake up and you're like, okay, I must have dozed off, I guess. And it takes about 30 seconds for you to, to you know, put back together, okay, what was I doing here again? You know, probably not 30 seconds, more like 10. But in that 10 seconds, I could ask you about your Disneyland trip. And you'd be like, uh, yeah, I've been to Disneyland. It was, it was fun, yeah. Right? And then you'd be able to start filling me in details. I wonder if it's like that with the spirit, too, a little bit. Maybe it's much faster, but, you know, that that being why you don't have all the answers of the pre-Earth life, because you haven't, you didn't have a reason to think about them. Okay, let's go with one more, also on endearth.org. This is uh, the experience of Delona. And she is also apparently not a very detail-oriented person, uh, but... You know, the experience gives us little bits of things that, you know, these are all like hints, you know, things. They all experience the tunnel or, or many of them experience the tunnel. So it's like, okay, tu tunnel, very common, you know, and then, you know, darkness, fairly common, you know, and then some of the other details we have to kind of say, well, less common, but you know, not unheard of kind of thing. And, and these non-detailed ones are really good for just putting good hard pins on the, the uh, common elements. So here we go, Delona. Hello, my name is Delona and this is my story. In 1977, I was in a car accident and my son, age eight and a half, was killed. I broke 90% of my body. My daughter, age four, had her spleen ruptured. While the driver of the car, uh, let's see, while the driver of the car, we were 
in did not get hurt. Okay, so somebody else was driving. After we were in the ambulance, the EMTs were working on my son. At the time, I did not know that he was so badly hurt. I remember holding out my hand and taking hold of his right hand. <clears throat> then I, I remember one of the EMTs saying, We just lost the mother, too. Then my son and I were walking hand in hand through a dark tunnel. After we came to the end of the tunnel, loved ones and friends who had died were waiting for us. Then Jesus walked over to me and said that I had a choice. I could stay in heaven or go back to earth. He said that he would show me what would happen in my life if I was to go back to earth, but I was not going to remember any of it. I remember that my life was going to be hard and full of pain. I looked at my son and told him that I loved him very much. I then took his hand and placed it in my uncle's hand. I then told Jesus and my son that I had to go back to earth because my daughter had nobody but me to care for her. In a blink of an eye, I was back in my body and still in the ambulance. I heard an EMT say, The mother is back! In the years since that day, life has been very hard. I, if I had to do it all over again, I would not have come back. I'm the only person that I know that Jesus has given a choice to, but I know that there has to be more people out there. Life is still full of pain for me, not only because I lost the life of my son, but also because of all the injuries I had. My daughter turned out to be a great pain, a very hateful person. I would have been better off if I had stayed with Jesus and my son. That's the end of Delona's experience. Hers is sad. I mean, the experience is beautiful. No question about it. You know, just absolutely beautiful. Detail level, I'll give it a two um, out of five. But, uh, and she's given a choice. She's saying you can come or you can go. It was given as, you know, as if, yeah, you can totally choose either way. But how sad. I mean, this is one of the first that I've heard that she says, I wish I hadn't come back. Her life just didn't pan out nicely. And why is that? I don't know. I don't know. It could be that this is just, no, this is in 1977 that she had this experience. And we're talking, I, I'm not exactly sure when she put this out, but it was probably in the past several years. Um, at least the last 20 years, you know, which they happened, you know, 30, over 30 years ago. So uh, she doesn't say anything about being suicidal, but, you know, it sounds like she came back for the sake of her daughter, but her daughter turned out to be a very difficult person, a very hateful person, she says. And, and obviously, you know, we learn from these things, we can't judge each other's lives um, you know, they, uh, even Jeff Olson, he talks about how he had this experience and, and it was these beautiful experiences. And his son who survived the accident, you know, when he was an adult, he said, Dad, I just, I, I'd love to have the kind of experiences you had. I just haven't gotten anything. I've prayed, I've I sought answers, and just nothing, you know. And, and, and he became a little bit bitter about that. 
which is a hard thing for, I mean, it's kind of a survivor's guilt thing to have an experience and have others that were part of the accident and not have the experience. That's tough. That's really tough. And it sounds like she has a little bit of that. And, um, and her daughter, who survived with her, it's not going so well. Just really not going so well. And yet, Jeff Olson, when he had his experience, um, he he went he prayed about that after his son said all those things you know like why why can't i experience something anything and and when he's praying about it the answer came to him to jeff don't judge his experience his life is his life he's here for his experience and and it's not for you to judge that it's not for you to have any say in that really i don't remember the exact wording but that's that's as i remember that idea being is that don't don't judge you know my experience with him um, because that's that's between me and him it's not up to you to tell me what he needs basically which is wow you know and this is a situation where you know if that if that mother were uh that that would be probably something for her to have in mind is you know your daughter has a different life to live than you do. And yes, you have things that you need to deal with. And yes, you need to find your way through. But your daughter's got to find her own way too. You know, if this was 30-something years ago, then clearly her daughter's grown up by now. Um, very difficult. Life is not easy just because somebody has a near-death experience. In fact, in my experience of reading these things, it appears that people's experience is usually the beginning of their journey. And it's often the beginning that's kind of like a, it's like the hero's journey, you know, where they're called out on this trek of sorts, this journey, and the beginning of it is horrendous. The heart, you know, that this is an initiation, if you will, into the spiritual journey that is life. You know, that maybe they've, they've lived a very typical life and, you know, run-of-the-mill business person or whatever they've got a good job maybe they don't you know whatever it's just they're like everybody else and then they have this experience and it's like this brick across the head of uh you know wake up it's time to get your life in order or or you've had you have this experience because you have a purpose you need to fulfill or or maybe just like i don't know why i had this experience or why it's got to be like this i don't get it i I'd love to get it, but I don't, you know, and, and it, it's the beginning of their journey. And that seems to be the case here, too. It sounds like, you know, I mean, 30 years later, that's a long time to be trying to figure out your journey. But that, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. And uh, it's a reminder that it's okay if it's taking you a long time to figure out what you're doing here. And what your purpose is. Clearly, Delana, Delona, is figuring out hers. So, if you're like me and feel like, and I'd love to have an experience, minus the near death part, but I'd love to have an experience with heaven, you know, through meditation or a dream or something harmless and painless, <laughs> the easy way through, I guess. But 
you know, most of us won't get that in our lives. We just won't won't have it. And uh, and it's a nice reminder to hear that having a near-death experience doesn't fix your problems. It doesn't make everything all better all of a sudden. In fact, sometimes it makes things tougher. And But uh, that's the life and experience of the experiencer. That's not your life. That's not your journey. Now, your journey may include learning of these things and being changed by the learning of these things, and there is great value in that. And I suspect for most of us in this audience, that's probably the case, that the learning of this is part of our reason for being here, to learn so that we can do the things that we came here to do, whatever those things are for us as individuals. So, before we finish up here, I would like to share an email I got. It actually uh, came a couple of weeks ago, and I was going to share it, and it uh, slipped my mind. <clears throat> but I do like to share these uh, messages that I get because I think they're an encouragement to all of us. And for for me, it's very encouraging to get messages from you who, that give me the encouragement to keep going with this and keep putting these out. <clears throat> this is from Erin Durrett. She says, I must be one of your biggest fans because I love your show so much. I've noticed that there are no new podcasts in the last few days and I miss hearing your voice. Please don't understand. I'm in my 50s and happily married, so this is not a come on. She put some smiley faces. <laughs> I love that. Uh, let me explain. I've been following your show for several months. Of all the near-death experience shows in podcast land, it is my favorite because of the way you approach the whole subject. I am a vocal music teacher, and you have a voice that may or that is just very beautiful to listen to. But it is beautiful because it comes straight out of your heart through every reread or sorry through every reading and observation you make. I enjoy hearing the experiences you choose to share, but it's the way you share them that keeps me a loyal listener. You are a person of great sensitivity and love for the wonders of God's creation. This is why it's so valuable to hear your thoughts and responses to these life stories. I know it must take, take a huge amount of dedication and energy to keep this up every day. If this is exhausting for you, I will tell you that I look forward to hearing your show no matter how many times you offer it. Your health, let's see, your health and well-being are more important than sharing with us every day, though some of us are ready to soak up as much as you'll give us. But really, you're working very hard, I can tell, because you're so tired often when you're reading and talking to us. And you have at least one small child. Wow. And I'll just interject here. I actually have six children, <laughs> one of them being small, the others up to age 13. So anyway, <laughs> uh, continuing the message. Please take best care of yourself, and we will be happy with whatever you can share, okay? I have never been close to death, uh, uh, close enough to death, to have such an experience myself, but I have not the smallest doubt that they come from God and are more real than the earthly life we normally experience. Listening to you recount and ex examine these experiences is such a delight, and every time I listen, I feel I've come away a better person for having understood one mo more moment in the divine human experience. 
For the last three weeks, I have been quite ill, and your show has been such a blessing. I am finally recovering enough to think clearly and be able to sit at the keyboard and write something that is hopefully, uh, that is hopefully fairly coherent. This is another smiley face. I hope you are well and will continue your good work. You are a credit to your faith, and I admire all the work you've done to share this information with the world. A world that is in great need of hope and spiritual nurturing. You bring both. During this last week, I have experienced a profoundly spiritual energy shift, because, uh, probably because I was resting so much that I actually had time to meditate and pray deeply. Hearing the spiritual experiences others have had is very reassuring to me that I am on the right track, again, after many years of wandering everywhere, from the valley of the shadow of death to the pleasant meadows of my work as an Episcopal church musician and a Buddhist student of the venerable, Th- uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to watch this, Thich Nhat Han. The experiences you share bring me closer to God and inspire awe in the vast complexity of his spiritual creation, of which we are small material manifestations. Lucky us. It is my hope to go into the field of spiritual work in a new way, and your dedication and love of a fascin- of, and fascination with NDEs is experiencing. Please continue to share your heart-filled voice with us. Teach us and nurture us with hope and understanding. Never doubt that you are loved and appreciated, and so is this valuable spiritual resource you provide so generously. With much appreciation and affection, Aaron. Aaron, thank you so much for your message. Thank you so much for your message. And I will say for the benefit of of those um, of everybody else, I did message Aaron back to let her know this was around the time of the that the the new website came up, and so um, that's why she hadn't seen the new uh, episodes coming up. And so, you know, it, it, it just kind of cut off and then and then uh, picks up with the new website and so forth. So I did message her back and thank her for her message as well as uh, send her the link to the website, uh, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. I can't tell you how, how encouraging these kind of messages are. It just, it keeps me going. You know, we're, we're all from different faiths, different backgrounds, and I love hearing the different backgrounds and different faiths that people are hearing these things from. It's beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. You know, from one person who had many experiences, I heard, uh, I, I, heard I, I read them say, if you could spend five minutes in heaven, you would learn more than all the books that you could, uh, on earth, on the subject. You could learn more about heaven in by spending five minutes there than reading all the books in the world on the subject. And I love, love, love that we have these resources to be able to hear of the five minutes people spent in heaven, and sometimes more, and sometimes less, and yet time means nothing, and therefore, you know, they feel like they're experiencing months of experiences in heaven, and and they come back to tell us about it. That, to me, is valuable. And you know, the biggest concern that I find from people who are skeptical about these things is not so much that they don't believe this stuff is real, that it's the, uh, you know, uh, the dying brain or anything, but rather 
that it's people, you know, making it up for to get attention. And while I have heard of those kind of experiences, and I've and I've read some that I'm like, eh, I'm a little suspicious about this one, and so I don't share those. You know, if I ever come across one that's just so blatant or has, you know, landmarks to say, okay, this is fake, this is fake. Maybe I'll read it to tell you, okay, this is a fake one, and I let me tell you why I, I can see that it's a fake one or whatever. Then I'll tell you. But that's not what I'm finding in the majority of this. I don't think, you know, Rachel, Greg, Sammy, or Delona, I don't think they made up this stuff. I, I don't see any motivation for it. If you're going to give so little detail, why would you make it up? <laughs> you know, if you're if you're going to say, yeah, heaven's beautiful, there's light, and there's a tunnel, and I saw a friend, why would you just make it up? You know, why? what would be the point? If you're going to make it up, you're going to probably say, yes, and then this happened, and, and I was inspired by this, and, and give all these incredible details. And even the detailed experiences, they ring true to everything else that I'm reading and, and hearing in these experiences. And many times, people have a hard time sharing their experience, and they're like, you know, it, I, I listen to a lot of of them, uh, audio or video, and they're just like, you know, I, I don't like sharing in front of people. I don't like. I'm used to talking with maybe close friends or family. I've only shared this with two other people or whatever, and and then I'm sharing it for you because I see that you're an audience that will understand these things, and it's often from um, Ions conferences or or from you know meetings of people who have had near death experiences, and so. You know, they're just trying to find this tribe that understands what they experienced and so forth. And they share these deeply profound, incredible experiences. And they're often hesitant. I, I don't know if I should say this, but... And then they share something beautiful. And that seems to be what most people who start really studying these things find. Is that, yes, there's a few, you know, duds out there that are fake. But... Most of it, the vast majority of what I come across, seems very authentic, I, and and I think there's a spirit about it uh, di that's different with the authentic stuff. And so, I would love to hear from more of you. I'd love to hear if any of you have as little detail or as much detail as you want to give. I think what we'll do with the phone number, because again, uh, the nine seven zero NDE cast phone number is. It only allows you three minutes. Now, if you can share your um, experience by calling over and over and sharing more and more experience, that'd be great. I would, I would love that. But I understand if you don't want to share it in three minutes. So let's have that be a question and comment line, okay? And then we'll encourage you to please share your experiences by recording them on your phone and then emailing me either the MP3 itself or the link or whatever. And if you have an experience and you're like, I'm not exactly sure how to get this to you, but I want to share it with you, just email me and we'll work something out. Maybe we can do a Skype call. Maybe we can do, you know, something. I would love to interview people. And I think my computer, I finally have a computer that's a little more up to date than my old one that was very, you know, glitchy and so forth. And so I think it can handle things like Skype. Uh, so I would be glad to set up a Skype call. Obviously, for the show, it's only going to show audio, so you don't have to worry about dressing up for it or whatever to look nice because it's just for the audio that we're doing it anyway. Um, or we can have a, you know, 
I could come up with a uh, a way for people to phone in and and you know record your hour and a half experience. I would love to have an hour and a half experience to share on the show. That's great. This is this is my podcast, and I'll do what I want with it. And if I want to episode that's two hours long because that's how long it takes to share it that's great and obviously i want to respect your time too so if you have you know 20 minutes that you can share your experience and want to do it in an interview form just let me know i'll make sure that we get you off in time and so forth love to hear from y'all so with that thank you all so much every one of you for listening